Hello, everyone. This is Aaron with FamilyFilmsProductions.com. And I'm Bryson, otherwise known as the Video Vault Pavalas on YouTube. We are really excited to be here today. And in the next several weeks, we are going to be bringing everyone a very special series of episodes that are detailing about the Wizard of Oz Park that was to be in Kansas City and out in the state of Missouri here in the United States of America. This park was originally developed and put together by the Goddard Group, actually Gary Goddard, who many people have heard about for many years. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the park and kind of act like people are entering in it. So, Bryson, go ahead and uh, share with us what was it like, at least from your research, walking into the park? How is it right when you start walking into the doors? So the thing about this park is that it was going to be big with about $500 million invested in it with about 9,000 acres. And as soon as you go in, it's basically a lot like Disney with Main Street. It's basically just like Kansas. And it was purposefully designed to be sort of dull and more like the real world because when they wanted you when they when you went into Kansas and then into Oz they wanted you to feel that that contrast and make it feel immersive as if you're actually going from the real world into Oz the fantasy land and uh, when you get into Main Street it's very much designed like the actual early 1900s Kansas and there's three options of how you can you can get into Oz uh the first option would be the easiest, which is sort of like called the Rainbow Bridge. Basically, you just, it'd be as simple as crossing a bridge and you'd be into Munchkin Land. Or the second option is probably the most different. Basically, you would go into Professor Marvel's Traveling Carnival, and it would be very much like an actual carnival with like small rides and food and all that kind of stuff. And there was a balloon ride attraction, and that would take you right into Emerald City in the park. But I think my favorite of all of these is Dorothy's house. They would give you somewhat of a tour of her house, and I imagine it would be very much like the movie because the park was very movie-based, and there was sort of a ride once you were done with that attraction. It'd be like a tornado, and the house would start spinning around. It'd be like very immersive, so like an actual tornado. It would drop you right into Munchkinland, and that's kind of the introduction of the park. Yeah, thank you very much for all that, Bryson. It's, it's obvious that, as we know from right here, for those that are listening, that Bryson has thoroughly detailed the history of this park. There has been numerous articles uh, published about it, and of course, other blogs and places on the internet. And, you know, Bryson, it's amazing because there's so many people that have loved the original Wizard of Oz film. It's like stepping into the movie and getting to experience and going to Oz and these amazing forms. And what do you think would it be like, I mean, for you personally, when you think about this? I mean, do you think that you'd be sitting in something that's, you know, some kind of ride similar to how Disneyland and Disney World are, and then you're watching, you know, the tornado go behind you and around you and feeling the storm and the wind? Yeah, I think that's what's so fascinating about this park in particular. Ever since I was a kid, being like an Oz fan, I think Oz it has this, this appeal of just going away from all your problems, going into this fantasy land that's nothing like the real world. And I think you always have this sort of, this fantasy that, oh, I could go there one day, but it, it just seems so abstract. It's not going to happen. It's not real. It's just a book. It's just a movie. 
But really, in a way, you can feasibly do it. I, what I find interesting about this whole thing is these people are essentially going to take this piece of land, just completely, just completely just tear down what it used to be, and and just make this this whole new area. And it would be as if they had built Oz on top of the real world. It would almost be as if it was like the closest thing to Oz on Earth, as if they just constructed a fantasy land themselves, and it was where Oz really was, and all this stuff. And right now, the closest we have to that is uh, the land of Oz in North Carolina, which is great. But this would have been like a high-budget thing. This was going to be very ambitious. If you look at the pictures and the concept art, assuming that the park was going to be fairly accurate, even somewhat accurate to the pictures, I mean, this thing was going to be very ambitious, and I think the ambition of this park might be what led to its downfall. But um, it was very ahead of its time, and it, this was going to be in the 90s. It was very ahead of its time, and I, I think if they had really gone like exactly how they were going to do it from the photos, it would probably be more immersive and feel more like a fantasy land than Disney, because this was a thing where if you went into it, into the park after you uh, get out of Kansas. It would look like you were actually in Oz, like it wouldn't even resemble the real world with how immersive and how expensive and just how big they were planning. Like the people behind this park thought really big. Yeah, they did, and and that thinking about it because it's it's a shame that it didn't actually happen, and and later on in the near future we'll be talking about why it didn't happen, but when you're in that park and even according to the pictures it's like you almost look up in the sky and you know for example it's a it's a beautiful sky it's obviously probably the real sky but then you look ahead and you see everything else that's there and you know it's it's a place that going over the rainbow because you're literally experiencing awesome you're right they this park was has Put together, go and just go even in the nineties. These didn't compare to this because we were so big with such large numbers under their belt. You know, it was it was going to be on. And so a little bit about that um, the Rainbow Bridge. Obviously, that was one of the connections to go. Do you think that looked like it was going to be you know more than five minutes to get across it or? How long do you think that might have been? It's hard to tell exactly how long it would have been. It's sort of the idea of it, the concept behind it. There's two other entries, like I said earlier, and they both take you to Munchkin Land. And this one takes you right into Emerald City. And uh, it, it sort of feels like a shortcut, but I, I also imagine if, if Emerald City is that far along the park that going across that bridge probably would have taken at least a little bit. So I can imagine maybe, this is just me speculating, that uh, going along it, you'd probably, it probably start to gradually feel more and more like Oz, almost. Whereas the Twister is like just crashing down and swooping you up into Oz. It's, the bridge, I think, would probably be more like the the world around you is just slowly metamorphosizing Changing. into Oz. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's really neat, too, because the the fact that they had decided that they were going to have these three different ways, you know, let's say there was somebody that did, you know, thought the tornado was fun, but they felt they'd rather just walk over there. They take the bridge. Those that want to really experience it, go through the tornado, you know, go through the other portion that they can get there that way. And it's, and it's really great. 
So, uh, would you like to move on and talk about uh, the next part after they cross the bridge, if they took the bridge, for example, or maybe right after they left the tornado? So, assuming they took either the tornado or Professor Marvel's way, uh-huh. you'd find yourself yeah. in Munchkinland. And the fascinating thing about Munchkinland was that if you look at the pictures, it looks pretty much exactly how it looks in the movie. Yep. And I imagine... It would it would look so surreal because if this was let, let's say this took place outside, you'd just see the blue sky around you and you'd see you'd see natural nature, but then you'd see all these like surreal, odd looking houses that look just how they are in the movie. I imagine that would be so surreal. It would feel like you were actually in Oz. Yeah. And I think Munchkinland really that sort of when I go into a detail here, you sort of see how much they were really sticking this through and how many details were going to be put into this. Because Munchkinland, the way they built it, it was sort of like they would build everything to scale to children and munchkins. Even um, right. they were going to have a, a cafe of some sort in there. And it, the the way the, the workers were behind the bar, it was this, it was as if as, uh, they, were, they were just slouched almost. Like they, it'd be like this three foot thing. And all the children around, if they were just looking at them, the workers would all look as if they were eye level, like they were just as short as them, like their height. Yeah, and it's it's really neat too, you know, because other people that have always associated, obviously, with the film and, and thinking about the film when they're there, you know, the Munchkinland is such a big part of the film. And of course, as the park would have been, it would have been a big part of it there because that's when Dorothy walks in to Munchkinland, she sees the color and everything's so beautiful, you know, people will just want to be there and just keep walking around, you know, until they're ready to their next part. And, you know, and if they're ready to have a snack, they go to the cafe and they can keep on on their journey. Yeah, I think that's one of the fascinating things about this park. Like, you don't really have to even go on any ride to feel awed at it. Just seeing the whole... Like Disney, for example, it's magical and all, but, you know, just the road, you, you see, like, it's the real world. If this park looked how it uh, is drawn, you could barely even tell it was still the real world. You could just walk around and look at it, do nothing but just look, and you'd be amazed. And, um, yeah, in Munchkinland, too, they were going to, at this part of the park, they introduced this really cool technology they're talking about, um, it, which seems extremely ahead of the time. Uh, the nickname for it is Pepper Ghost Technology, and you would see scenes from the actual MGM movie, and they, they would have the songs, and it would be the same actors, and they had all the rights to it and everything, and it would have been ex- even more immersive seeing the same actors music. from the movie and hearing all the music. Right. Hearing it yeah. right in Oz. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, because when you're somewhere like that, and you're hearing the music for the film, or you're seeing clips in the film, and you're amidst everything that looks like you're really there, everyone's going to get the feeling of feeling they're there. People are going to get the feeling that they're on the set of the movie, and they're going to feel like they're in Oz. And, you know, that's, that's one of the great things about this part, out of many great things about this park is that you're feeling like you're there and you know it's very evident about that and and every way and I'm sure that everyone else that has heard about this park and has seen these illustrations hopefully felt the same 
mind because Brian Center uh, alongside we know other people as well have always wanted to visit this park and that's one of the reasons why we're here to even today uh, talking in this series about the park because we want people to get an idea of how it would have been the details and what we've gathered so people can come here on the podcast and listen to what it would be like to be there yeah I really want to spread the word about the whole thing because I think when people imagine an Oz theme park they probably imagine like okay it's like any other theme park probably it has rides it has roller coasters or whatever and they probably think oh it sounds nice but I don't think they understand the detail like this theme park would be like nothing else we've ever seen like, the immersion would have been something completely different it would be like Disneyland but it's just this one narrative it's spinning around Oz and it's right. not even like a, a regular theme park I think if it happened, it could have been very revolutionary in terms of people competing to try to be that immersive because if this thing happened in the way it would have drawn, I could imagine like even people who weren't interested in Oz would have like a lot of they'd have a lot of incentive to go see it to see how the immersion works and just how how magical the technology they were doing sound because even the idea of having the characters alongside you with this technology and having the actual footage of the movie, that's they were really thinking ahead when they were making all this stuff. I think it's—you can tell there's some there's a lot of heart put into it, and I think that's something that's lacking in some theme parks. And it's just that just seems sort of more corporate. Well, whereas this just seems very creative and just something. I, I just think if this was built, it would be something very special and something it would stand out above the other theme parks for sure. Yeah, I I, I think it would be because. You know, as, as everyone knows, The Wizard of Oz has been an amazing mythic film for many, many years now. You know, it's, it's anniversaries and the joy that it brings to people when they watch it, both young and old, like to revisit this film because of its music, because of its special effects, and because of the story. And when you can find everything together like that in that film and go to a park and seeing it yourself, that's what makes it special and that's what makes this park special and completely different than the Oz Park in North Carolina. Well, they've done a great job. You can't really compare the two because we're looking at a, you know, millions of dollars type of a budget going on. We're looking at effects and things being done in a park like this that haven't been done before when it comes to replicating the Wizard of Oz for public consumption like this. And that just makes it all the more worthwhile and all the more worthwhile to be able to go to a place like this. Yeah, um, as much as I love the Land of Oz in North Carolina, I think it's a really special place. It I is. think the two the two ideas are very different because the Land of Oz in North Carolina, it's the charm of it, I think, is how it just seems like this small thing. It's, it's kind of a festive thing. And right now, it's like the only, it's like the closest thing we have to like in Oz on Earth. Yeah. But it, right. and that's great. And I think it would still have its place. But if yeah. this thing was made, it'd be like the, the other side of the spectrum. It'd just be like, Correct. wow, this is like, this is like something truly revolutionary. The technology just put into place is something that you wouldn't see in many other places. And the attention to detail here, even though they're going off the movie and they have they had all the rights to the NGM stuff, they had the rights to the L. Frank Baum characters. And I think it would have been really interesting to see maybe it would be like an MGM style of these characters and see all everyone you know, like 
for example, like having a Jack Pumpkin head that's MGM style and just, I think yeah. they'd probably have a lot of book characters and it would, it would feel sort of like just all of Oz, just something for everything from every version, every adaptation meld into, just meshed into this one like cohesive, like ultimate Oz. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and that's the thing because let's say they're going into the park and they're already walking on Munchland and they see someone walking around. Well, it could be Jack Pumpkinhead. It could be another character. And that's what makes it even so unique, like we've been saying, because those pictures, although they do justice in a sense, it doesn't until we can see it for ourselves. And unfortunately, that didn't end up happening, as we'll talk about later on. But it's just an amazing experience for everybody. Would you like to go ahead and explain um, what happens after they leave, after you go through Munchkinland? So after Munchkinland, they would have this place to explore called Yellow Brick Country, which yeah. Yellow Brick Country is something I've never heard in any other Oz media, but I guess it would have been special for this park. It's basically right. just uh, the name for going outside of Munchkinland and outside of that introduction of Oz. Just going into like the the midst of it, I suppose. Whereas Munchkinland is the star and Emerald City is kind of the heart and like the apex. Yellow Brick Country would be sort of like just just seeing the scope of it and just kind of walking through the Yellow Brick Road. And all of the big draws for this is there would be there would be musical shows of Scarecrow and Lion and it sort of shows how they would combine like theatrics and just musical production with all these rides and all these all this theme park stuff. And um, the Cowardly Lions ride would sort of be like this experience of all these a series of scenes that are seen as scary and uh, as it ends it turns out to not be so scary and the riders get this thing called a badge of courage at the end and it, it, it sort of goes to show how they were through this park you would sort of experience the story of the movie which I think gives it all the more heart because while you're going through this theme park and you're seeing all this magic stuff that's great but it also gives this enhanced element like you're getting invested in a story and it's one you've seen before but now you're actually involved in it you're not just in Oz you're in the story of the original Wizard of Oz and it's it's something that would have added to the immersion I think and uh, outside of that there would be this this ride with the Tin Man called the Log Fume Ride. Right. And it would be around this thing called the Clockwork Village. And it's kind of like you could imagine a place that was created by the same man. Like imagine a man in the MGM universe built the Tin Man. It'd be like kind of a world like that with like all these mechanical elements throughout in a little village. And I imagine, I personally haven't seen any art of this, but I imagine it would be like kind of like a Tin Man a Tin Man little land, separate land almost. And I can only imagine uh, the art design of that and going through it and just seeing all these people dressed up as like their own little version of a Tin Man. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I think I can see that too because it almost makes me think about, you know, you're sitting on a little log water ride or even a log ride that's obviously, you know, mechanical. Maybe it moves around a little bit like you're bumping on other logs or something like that, you know, and you're seeing the different scenes throughout the woods and looking around and it's just it's just neat. You know, it, it, it makes me think about how great these rides are at Disneyland, you know, when I, especially with Disney World, because it's it's like 
that kind of an experience, but it's bigger, it's better, it's just like you're there, and it's all about The Wizard of Oz. And, you know, and I, and I really think it's neat to be able to compare it in a way to that, because for so many people, that's what they probably might think of. Um, you know, or even Universal Studios, because they do kind of some of the similar things too, with the way they do some of their rides. But with this park, again, you know, it, 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 it'd be a Wizard of Oz park that is going to be unlike no other. Yeah, for sure. Like, they would have had this, like, giant corn stalk, and you see the scarecrow there. Yeah. And it would just be like, wow, this thing I watched as a kid, or if you are a kid, just saying, wow, this place is actually real. I can go here. Right. Like, I don't, I yeah. can't think of any other theme park where they dedicate it to one story or one movie, and it's giant, and you go through all of it, and it feels like you're actually going through the entire movie. Like, this was something that was really creative and special. I, I think so. And I think even right now, with the way the world is, you know, people need to be mm-hmm. able to have an opportunity to listen to us to hear about how a place like this could be and actually would have been. Because, you know, as people know, uh, you know, fairy tales and certain things like that may not be true because they're not. But you go to a place like this and the fairy tale of being and the story of the Wizard of Oz film will come to life completely and it will be real because it's real when you're there at the park. And that is a real, would have been at least, you know, a real park. It's almost somewhat of an achievement for, like, Oz fans because, you know, yeah. many Oz fans, they relate so much to the idea of getting over the rainbow and getting to this place they where do. you can take your mind off stuff. And that doesn't really exist in a full form, but if this existed, it'd be, like, the closest we could possibly get to actually achieving that, to getting into that place and that magical, just childlike area. Right. You're, you're right, and you know, it, it's neat because that would be the closest thing to actually being there yourself by being in the park and experiencing it, except for the fact that, you know, you'll have to pay something to get in, and it's an admission fee. <laughs> but yeah. outside of that, there'll be a go. Outside of that, they'll be able to experience it. Yeah, for sure. I think there's something about this story that, like I try to imagine other fantasy lands doing a park like this, and it, it's great and all, but there's something about Oz that's so special because it's such a middle ground between the dark and the, the bright. And just going there, I imagine, you know, when people go to Oz in the story, it's like, they experience these aspects that are scary and terrifying, and they also experience these aspects that are very pure and wholesome. And by the end of it, they feel like a better person, and like they've learned something. And if someone could go to this park and feel even a tiny little bit of that, just a tiny little bit of that, like, wow, that made me feel good. That made me look at things a little differently. That made, that experience made, shaped me a little bit, even if it's just very slight and subtle, the idea of just finally going to Oz, if you're an Oz fan, finally going there, I think when you came out, you just feel this sort of euphoria. Yeah, and it, it's really true because when you leave in a, even a park like that, 
and you know even if you go through part of it and then go you know to your hotel or wherever you're at on your vacation to the park and come back the next day you're going to go back to your hotel or your place that night and you're going to think about how great a time you had and how you're looking forward to being back again and even that there is kind of how it was even with Dorothy you know she went to Oz and she met everybody for the first time and she would come back and again and again because she was helping her friends or she was there to visit and she enjoyed her time and it's kind of like that too you know you go and experience a place like that and you want to keep coming back and of course you and I both know that it would continue to draw people time and time again because it would be so successful yeah for sure i think too where this park would have been built um over in kansas you know to my knowledge yeah. there's nothing this big over there and i can just imagine if you live there no. or in a place close to it or just any place where there's not you know all these theme parks and fancy stuff the fact they were going to build it there so many children and really just any adults who wanted to go to a park like this for so long it's kind of it really mirrors dorothy's story of you know being in this dreary place and it's just you know the boring world, the normal world, and kind of going through the motions. And it would really, the story would kind of mirror uh, what happened to Dorothy, just, you know, you're in Kansas, like actual Kansas, and then you go inside and it's just like nothing you've ever seen before. It's like, since there was no high budget thing like this in that area, I imagine, it would just be like something like the people native to there would have never seen in their lives and they just would have been so like gobsmacked, just like, the scene where yeah. Dorothy opens the door and sees Oz for the first time. Right, and and that's the thing too. Even for it being that, for not even has been done there during that time, being there for the area, the people in the county, and the people and the neighboring areas, you know, state, they'll all be coming down. You know, if they want to experience a park like that, you know, they're going to hear about it because. It's going to be something that they would have been proud of, and they would have been happy to see that kind of revenue even coming in for this park because it would have been so successful. And there's no denying that it wouldn't be because you're not taking on a design idea or you're not taking on something that no one's ever heard from before because the Wizard of Oz film has had and will be continuing to have a high success rate as it has been. There hasn't been major declines in the sales of the film. There hasn't been major declines in, you know, buying the soundtrack because people continue to buy it and people continue to watch the film. Yeah, it's such a generational thing that I think, you know, a lot of old people, you know, you know, elders, uh, they were there when that movie started coming on TV and it That's got right. passed along and it got passed along. And it's, of course, it's a family film, so children love it. So the park would have had a big audience, I think. And I think meshing uh, book elements and movie elements would have been the smartest move because um, the book is iconic and I would I would yeah. still love it regardless of if it had the movie or the book. But That's if right. it just had the book, it wouldn't have as much pull to the general audience, I don't think, because the general audience in general usually knows the movie more. And, you know, if they sure. if they knew the park was going to be having those songs that they've heard all their life and just all these moments they can remember watching on TV, that would have had some serious pull, I think. And I think yeah. it likely would have been a huge success. It, it, and it would have been because 
and I mean, I think personally, uh, at least I think that, and maybe you do too, but it's it's really to me about the fact that it would be so based on the movie and so much like the movie than going to a park was all about the books. I'm sure that'd be nice, but to have it be like the film, you're right, that's what people associate it with. They think about the film, and it would have a bigger pull by being like it would have been to be on the film, and especially like we've been talking about the detail on the design of the park, it would have been an immersive experience like no one has ever seen before, you know, and, you know, even better than to watch it on television, you know, there yourself yeah certainly because i think any, anyone who grew up loving that movie or loving the book or just loving any really any source of Oz entertainment they always i'm sure at one point fantasized oh well, what would it be like if i was actually in oz and they can they kind of pretend that the, the road they're skipping on is the yellow brick road or they'll pretend the woods or the haunted forest and i think seeing that come to life seeing all your childhood dreams come to life or your current dreams whatever it is seeing that come to life would be something so incredible because since it wasn't just oh it's an awesome park it's got a yellow brick road here and a few rides that are based off oz here no this was just completely it's as if you know like i said before like building oz on top of the real world right and, and that would have been it and that would have been so, Bryson, obviously the story of the Oz Park in Kansas City has not ended yet. And as people continue to journey the Wizard of Oz theme park, they reach somewhere else that's known as the Emerald City. Isn't that right? That is right. And uh, in the next part we do, going into Emerald City will be very exciting because I think Emerald City might just have the most ambitious aspects of this entire park. And... It was described uh, by the people behind the park that it would just be sort of like the capital of the park, metaphorically, the heart of the park. So, and that's why we are continually excited to be bringing you a special series of episodes here on the podcast about the Wizard of Oz theme park that had been based on the classic MGM movie. So next time we'll be focusing some more on the park and this amazing journey as Bryson shares with us what it would be like to experience this park. This is Aaron Passenging here with FamilyFilmsProductions.com and Bryson, if you'd like to say some closing words and it's definitely great to talk with you today and we'll look forward to bringing everyone the next episode here soon. Yeah, definitely. It was great talking about this park and spreading the word. Uh, I'm very excited to go over the other details and the story of why this park didn't go off the didn't get off the ground and all that other stuff. Cause, so t- stay stay tuned because there's a lot of interesting stuff in Emerald City, the haunted forest, and so on. Right, and Bryce is right. We're we're not ending this just yet because, like I said, we have some great things coming up with this series. And to get everyone a little excited, we have some special surprise in store that we hope to work out as well, don't we, Bryson? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, If this surprise goes through, I think people will be very fascinated to hear this insight. They will be. This surprise is going to be potentially so major that this hasn't been happening really before. Not like this. So Bryson and I are really excited uh, to be doing this series, and we can't wait to bring you the next episode.
All right. So, okay. So say something else real quick and then we'll just end it. All right. You want me to say like the last thing yeah, before say, the episode say, ends? Say some last thing real quick. Like we'll say, say like we'll see you next time or something like that. And then we'll just, that'll be the end of it. All right. I can do that. Let me go right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you next time, and we hope you enjoyed, and stay tuned for the surprises and for more of the story of the Austin Park. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk with you soon.